0: It's the Gong. We might have that wonderful thing happen, like a miracle. And when a man feels like creating, he'll just create.
1: So it's been sort of a strange weekend for me so far. I look forward always to these weekends where I get an extra day because there's a holiday thrown in there. Since I work on a elementary school schedule, and I've. You know just pushing through and then finally veterans day comes along so it's Thursday night I know I've got the three-day weekend to look forward to and there's a certain amount of excitement so it's you know you get this feeling like now I'm gonna finally have time to do some of the things I want to do on top of that my wife went out of town on um Friday afternoon so I'm basically going to have the entire house to myself and then immediately there's a set of expectations like I am going to be super productive here. I am going to record podcasts and record music, write, meditate, X, Y, and Z. I'm going to get everything done that that I want to get done. And it hasn't really gone quite as I was hoping or expecting it to go. I guess it rarely does. So, um, you know, first of all, I've been a little bit tired. I, I picked up sort of some sort of uh, virus or something from one of the kids, most likely at the school. So I was getting over a cold, was sort of low energy, starting to feel that um, existential angst again of, you know, what am I really doing working a conventional job? This isn't really what I love doing. I should love doing it because I'm making a difference in kids' lives by being a school counselor, and but it's still not satisfying, and then the usual um, back and forth in my head just it almost feels like nothing could be satisfying for me, that I'm just something about the way I'm wired. I'm just not going to be satisfied no matter what. So that's the backdrop as I'm heading in toward this weekend on Thursday night. I'm staying up a little later than usual since I don't have to uh, get up for work the next day. And the news breaks about Louis C.K. whipping out his dick or whatever uh, he was accused of doing. Uh, I guess masturbating in front of women. Some creepy weird shit. And and Louis is one of these guys that I've admired. I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan and he's probably... You know, would be my number one of current comics, as far as stand stand ups go. And he just seems like a genuine artist, a deep guy. Um, I liked his his show a lot uh, that he had on FX, and I haven't loved everything that he's done, but um, he's just you know one of my favorites. So to have one of your uh, one of your heroes be accused of something like that, it Throws your head for a loop because you know it. My first instinct was, you know, hoping that it wasn't true or trying to minimize it. Well, you know, it's not like he actually touched anyone or he didn't really assault anyone, it was just kind of creepy, weird, da 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 da. And, um, and of course, you know, he definitely, uh, that well, it came out the very next day, he just admitted that he. He'd done it all, and who knows why uh, people have their weird sexual things, but, you know, clearly it was uh, really um, disgusting behavior on his part, a misuse of his power as a big-time comedian to put these women in these, you know, really awkward situations. And so, yeah, hugely disappointing. And then, you know, also a little bit sad for him that his career is fucked now um and of course he should pay a price with his career but it's just um part of me was it was just being ridiculously selfish about the whole thing thinking you know chris cornell one of my musical heroes kills himself and a couple months later now louis basically commits career suicide by uh, acting the way that he did and uh so it, it just it, it threw my my mind for a loop because, um, and again, you know, I'm I'm not justifying anything that Louis CK did, but, um, there is a sort of background context where I feel like, you know, we've gotten way too, um, I don't know. People tend to lose their jobs or lose their artistic credibility too easily. I think in, in today's, society so when you just in in modern um the modern cultural milieu someone else that may be a hero of mine like say henry miller uh, as a writer this guy was tremendously influential on me you know he would be run out of town as well for being a sexist or misogynist or so it's um Partially, it's I guess it's a good thing because it challenges me to uh, to hold some of my artistic heroes to account and question uh, maybe some of the some of their behavior and some of their ideas, and that's always good. But for some reason, I just I found it deflating, you know, just really disappointing, um, and I just wanted it somehow to not be true or for it to go away. And then I had, you know, mixed feelings about even thinking like that, given that, you know, these women were victimized by, uh, by CK. And I really, you know, was also feeling slightly guilty that I wasn't focused on their situation. So that sort of fucked up my mindset going into the weekend. Um, and I woke up the next day uh, yesterday and was just a little out of sorts for whatever reason and uh went to the grocery store and did some chores and um but generally wasn't productive I wasn't in the mindset to take advantage of having a day off like that and it was getting to the evening hours you know six in the evening I haven't hadn't really done shit nothing creative I you know hadn't picked up my guitar hadn't uh uh, done any recording of any kind and, and I was just letting the day disappear and just and then beating myself up for that you know finally I have a, a stretch of time off and you know and this is typical of me and, and what uh, it, it's not not um, the greatest thing about living inside of my mind like if, if I could just fuck off For a day and just be okay with that and enjoy it. Just have a day where you just don't do anything and watch TV or something. Um, That would be awesome. But I always, I always overcomplicate things. You know, I just uh, can't allow myself to do that. I'm, I'm thinking you need to suddenly be creatively inspired right now because this is your chance. It's right back to work next week, and the typical dilemma for me. And. It ended up getting sort of late into the evening, and I was just like, fuck it. I was really feeling uh, down about the whole thing and just thinking, no, I'm, I'm just going to burn this whole weekend and, and not get shit done. So I said, fuck it. I'll just watch a movie on Netflix, and I, I happened to dial up the movie Boyhood. Uh, I think Richard Linkletter or something like that is the guy that, that, that did that movie. And I had heard about this movie when it came out a few years ago. I'd heard... Uh, either the director and or some of the actors being interviewed on NPR. Um, and what was really interesting to me about the movie was that they filmed the movie over a span of 12 years. The movie's called Boyhood, and it actually follows um, the childhood of uh, the, this character, who's a six- or seven-year-old boy in the beginning, And by the end of the film, he's going off to college. But the the interesting thing is, since um, the film actually spanned 12 years in the making, the characters, the actors in the film, actually age along with the character. So the boy that plays um, uh, the main character as a 6- or 7-year-old, he actually is the same actor and as the film goes on, I obviously filmed it year after year as this kid aged and he's actually, you know, a college age kid by the end. So it's as far as I know, that's never been done. And then the, uh, the, the, you know, the rest of the family as well. Ethan Hawke plays the dad and I think it was Patricia Arquette as the mom. They're actually 12 years older, you know, by the end of the movie. So it's not you don't have to do any fake aging with makeup or anything. So. It was interesting from that standpoint, especially given my mood going in of this weird um, battle against the progression of time that I have, whether it's within one holiday weekend or I think the larger, obviously, existential thing with me is just getting older. I'm I'm also, yesterday or Thursday happened to be my brother's 49th birthday, and uh, I'll be 47 this month, so there's... Maybe it's just sort of in the back of my mind that here I am another year older. And uh, yeah, so I was just really in the right mood or wrong mood, I guess, depending on how you look at it, to watch this movie. And it was interesting because I did find the movie to be very moving and very interesting, uh, although I thought it had you know, some flaws. It was definitely, if I look at it, from the lens of you know a typical movie, it wasn't like it was uh, there was blockbuster storytelling or dialogue or acting um, that was happening. And at various times during the movie, I felt myself thinking, "Oh man, this isn't really as good as I thought it was going to be." Um, there's not like any great scenes that have sort of riveting um, performances going on. But then as the movie unfolded. I started to to think, well, maybe that's really not what this movie is about. It seemed to be just a sequence of um, some ordinary, some extraordinary moments of a person's life, just sort of unfolding and ticking away. And just when you thought the tension was building in a scene and some dramatic thing was going to happen, at, like a you know a huge event or a car accident or a death, the the anticipated event wouldn't happen and the scene would end and it was just more you know you were a fly on the wall for some formative events of a kid's uh, childhood and there wasn't that added dramatic element that you associate with movies where it would you know it would be more dramatic than real life and I started to appreciate that about the movie the pacing of it and how um, some of the um way it was unfolding wasn't typical. Although I do th- I do think the movie still was flawed and could have been, you know, some of the some of the dialogue and the and the acting wasn't, you know, amazing or anything. But what was so extraordinary about the movie was this this unfolding of time and the aging of the actors along with the characters. And in that sense it it totally delivers because it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, or I, like I said, I'm not aware anything has ever been done quite like that. And it again, because of my sensitivities as a person and somebody who's sort of obsessed with uh, getting older or the passage of time or my mortality or whatever you want to call it, it's just something that really struck a chord you know deep within me despite some of the flaws of the of the film. Just seeing this kid, Age, uh, you know, 12 years in the span of, you know, two hours and 45 minutes, um, was really amazing and, uh, moving to me. And, uh, along with the other, the other main actors in the film. So that put me in, um, kind of an odd space after being in this weird, bad mood all day and not feeling too creative. It just, um, just being moved in a by someone else's creative expression uh, sort of reset me in a way that i think was positive so when I went to bed i definitely felt despite not being creative myself just um, uh, participating in the creativity of someone else by you know watching this film with sort of an open heart helped um, uh, recalibrate me a little bit and when I woke up today, I, you know, I felt good. I felt like uh, um, that it was going to be a productive day for me, and it has been. I've been just much more awake and alert and connected. I started the day off doing my, um, what I call my somatics routine, which is basically like a, almost like a yoga routine that I've sort of developed uh, on my own and uh, meditated for the first time in a while, which is another one of those intentions that has been just festering in me, sort of unrealized. You know, I I never wanted to become that guy that talks about meditation and sort of um, promotes it but doesn't really do it. I think there's a lot of people that fit that description that really recommend it but themselves, you know, just try it once or twice and don't really practice it so I haven't not been practicing uh, meditation lately despite you know even in my job you know I teach social emotional learning skills and so forth and so I recommend meditation to others but um, haven't really been doing it so it felt good to, to finally get back into that today and just uh, yeah just something about my mindset shifted so now I'm sort of in the heart now of this long weekend and um and starting to starting to feel it so I've also just getting back on the podcasting course here I've in a way reset my expectations or vision I changed the description yet again um to the podcast and I forgot exactly how I worded it but it's I I just kept trying to ask myself well what what really is what am I doing here what's what's the angle and it seemed more than anything else it was just uh me talking about my everyday struggles in trying to live a creative and meaningful life it's really nothing more than that and um and, and just as an ordinary person, obviously, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not somebody that's um, that has any kind of an audience or any notoriety. So it's, you know, would I be interested in such a thing? I think I would. Uh, just any ordinary person uh, who's thoughtful and interesting, um, just sharing their struggles to to lead a meaningful life or a creative life, to me... Uh, is interesting. And even some of the, the podcasts that I follow, for instance, uh, one of the podcasts that I've been listening to a lot lately is called Tangentially Speaking. And the guy who does it, his name is Chris Ryan. Now he's not, uh, just an ordinary guy in the sense that, you know, he, so he wrote a book. Um, and in fact, I never read the book or I had never even heard of it. Um, and I can't even think of the name, uh, Sex at Dawn, uh, maybe is the name of the book, but apparently others had heard of the book and read it, and so he had some notoriety from being the author of that book, and somehow he met uh, a friend of Joe Rogan's, who has a a really big podcast, and he, just from being on Rogan's podcast and coming across as an interesting guy who's a great conversationalist, he, he built up his own podcast. And the style uh, that he does is, you know, he will do some some just um, ranting and raving like I'm doing now, just solo, just him talking into the mic and, and just expressing his thoughts, not having a guest, no interview. Um, and so to me, despite the fact that, you know, maybe others knew who he was, he was a total stranger to me. I, I was not aware of his writing or anything else. He he could have just as easily just been a random guy who was like a mailman or something. But um, in his spare time, I just did a podcast. And but it was the it, the way that he expressed himself and, and his authenticity and um, just him speaking about his thoughts and feelings and that uh, I really did find interesting. So in a way, I guess I've been influenced by some of the, the podcasts that I've been listening to. So I can't do what Joe Rogan does, and have, you know, incredible guests on four times a week and have conversations with them, because I don't know those people. And um and also, of course, I don't have an audience. And I also can't, um you know, I can't do what the philosopher Sam Harris does. And have amazing guests, or, or speak from a place of expertise, really, in any given area. I mean, I of course, like anyone, I have my relative areas of expertise, uh, mental health counseling, and I know a little bit about music. So really, it's um, that's it. When I was st- just trying to strip down what, what the purpose of this podcast was, obviously, given that there's no audience, it's mainly just to get... The thoughts out of my head and really to sort of hear what they are for myself Um, and most of us who are involved in any creative endeavor like writing especially can attest to the fact that sometimes just the act of writing or in this case speaking you're getting to know what your thoughts are in a way that you wouldn't if you didn't express them if you just silently tried to scan your thoughts, they they don't seem to move and unfold and develop in quite the way as they do when you express yourself like this. So, uh, you know, so for right now, this is just for me. Uh, If there ever is anyone else that listens to this and starts to interact with me in some way on social media or via email, then it could become something else, obviously. Then I would start to feel as if I'm, Talking to someone else other than myself, but for now, this is this is good. Obviously, I wouldn't do it if I didn't find some value in it, and so I'm hoping that um, I'm not just going to spin my wheels. And um, uh, when I when I say this podcast could be, you know, an ordinary person sharing his struggle to live a meaningful and creative life, I don't want that. Um, that word struggle to just mean a vicious circle where I just go round and round uh, on the same issues. And I know I've tended to do that probably. Certainly, maybe one of the reasons is that I am so irregular with doing this and weeks go by or months go by. If I can gain some momentum or some discipline to you know, keep hold of the thread and express myself more often, hopefully I'll move forward and that like any... Good art or self-expression, there'll be somewhere where where this will take me. So, and of course, I I still hope to incorporate some of my other creative uh, endeavors and continue to record music and and discuss specific ideas. You know, for instance. So it's not I don't want it just to be about my process, but since I am listening to a lot of other podcasts, I can just um, you know, like everyone else, you know, I know. So, or I'm I'm getting some angle on what's going on in the world with President Trump or uh, mass shootings and all this. So it's I'm not really interested so much in talking about topical things like that, but one of the things that I do find unbelievably compelling and interesting is this idea that's been put out by a guy named Tristan Harris, who's, I've spoken about on this podcast before. He has a movement or a website he calls Time Well Spent. And he's somebody that worked for Google. And his big thing right now is to sort of wake us all up to the fact that um, our relationship with our technology and our devices and social media is um, is something that uh, is shaping the way we live and the way we think in ways that most are not aware of and, and not good ways, and that we really need to to get a grip on this process and understand it or, um, you know, we're going to continue to move in a direction that's not good. And so um, I find uh, – I don't know if that's just like a too meta of a thing to be – Engaged in podcasting and engaged in the use of the new media, but somehow wanting to sort of dig underneath all that and figure out, um, you know, what's really going on there. But uh, he's he's just such an interesting guy because, like I mentioned before in the previous podcast about his work, I think he's really onto something that a lot of us are vaguely apprehending. That uh, those of us who you know jumped on uh, social media when MySpace came out, and then we moved over to Facebook around 2007 or whenever that was, and we interacted with these media in the early days of say Facebook and YouTube when it was really seemed to be just about connecting with people, and we you know we felt the excitement of that connecting with uh, like-minded folks. But we've also seen um, these things morph into money-making enterprises, which, of course, was going to happen. I mean, no one is going to put all this work into these platforms just to be cool. And, but we're—I think a lot of us are starting to, you know, get that uh, icky feeling when we're using Facebook now, and we, you know, you realize things like you can't even get a feed on Facebook that that was like the old days where. You just choose a social network of however many people that you want to be connected to and you just view whatever their posts are in chronological order. No, you can't even see that now because Facebook is obviously, you know, all about making money at this point. So you're seeing what your friends like um, and that like button is just a way to sort of promote uh, things from Facebook users uh, and pages and and corporations basically that are giving Facebook money so that they're so that eyeballs will be on their content all the more so I started to notice that in the last couple of years where I'm I just want to see what my friends are posting but I'm just seeing you know corporate pages uh, because a, a friend of mine liked it now I have to I have to wade through all of the things that he or she liked, just to get to one or two actual posts from my friends, and um, and I'm sure most of you have heard about you know how Facebook and Twitter were exploited in the last election um, uh, to uh, you know divide us as a country and to you know promote Trump as a presidential candidate since. Um, you know, he would represent the most disruption to our democracy from the from the Russian perspective. So um, all this stuff is sort of coalescing where I've noticed myself being less and less comfortable being online and, and feeling that these unseen forces acting upon me to hijack more and more of my attention, but getting less and less of a benefit from it. Um, and so that's Tristan Harris, he's just a, he's just a guy, and I'll, I'll, again, I'll post a link on uh, a talk that I just heard him give this morning, actually, that was very interesting in that regard. So anyway, that's just one example, I mean, obviously, I'm not just going to talk about the same old round and round with me, if, if I'm interested in a certain thing, I'm going to go into that, just like I have before, I mean, when I used to do the Integral Health Resources podcast, it was always on a particular topic. And uh, so I hope to do some of that, continue to write and play music myself. I'm going to jump on some of that right here in a minute. But sort of like these last several podcasts, after so much time goes by, they end up just being about starting the podcast again. So I know that's would be frustrating if there was anyone listening. But um, again, uh, since they're probably isn't anyone listening, I'll just, I'll grab the benefit of simply expressing myself here for myself. But if there is anyone listening out there, of course, you can throw me a comment or an email or a tweet or anything, and I'll be happy to interact. And I hope that, um, that, uh, this can evolve into something that's valuable or interesting to someone else other than myself. So in any event, that's all I have for the moment. And I will check in with you next time. Bye bye.
0: Right. 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 Well, it hurts in a scar. It aches and it twists It stops and it laughs And it falls up its fist It's crooked and it hollows And it chews and it breaks And it grows and it partners. It twirls and it takes It stretches and brings It's slowly and long it's Alright, oh, oh, Well it calls and it follows and it breaks down your door But need you try and it asks you for more Shows up at your work and it makes you insane and it loses your Crying in the rain It's costly and violent, it's a sorrowful song. But I'm thankful by and by my love. I'm talking too much, just give me a shove. I'm walking too fast, maybe pick it all up. It's just like old yellow lonesome dove. You how it ends, but you can't get enough.